Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, Ask Casey, Episode 7. Everybody, welcome to this bonus edition of the podcast. This Ask Casey for November. I'm so excited that you're here and thank you for the feedback that you've been giving me around these episodes and how helpful you're finding them. So, yay! I really want to be helpful. That is my goal. Uh, today's question comes from a member of our community. She emailed it to me and she offered up lots of detail. You know, I had a bunch of people chime in for this episode, and I just want to be upfront and let you know that I always look for um, questions that are going to allow me to speak to the parent, but also to speak to all parents. So I look for questions that I know will be helpful for many. Um, so if your question didn't get answered, I'm sorry, uh, but keep chiming in, okay? Keep chiming in. So. Here we go. Um, Hi, Casey. How do we balance supporting our children for who they are with pushing them towards new experiences? These questions come up for me a lot as two of my children often feel scared to try new things. I want them to feel both accepted for who they are while at the same time know there are always ways to be brave and have new experiences. I have three daughters, one in first grade, who is seven, a kinder, five-year-old, and a three-and-a-half-year-old. They're all different, but all love playing together. The older two especially, they love to play all day and night. Yay! Celebrating sibling love. Although it doesn't feel great to label her because humans are always changing, I would say my oldest daughter is shy around other kids her age and shy with us when it comes to having a more intense discussion. She also clams up when we want to talk about behavior. She's generally very calm, kind, patient, and helpful with her siblings, an almost typical first child. But if we ever do want to talk to her about a behavior, she will shut down. It almost looks like over-dramatic behavior. It's so dramatic. An example might be her youngest sister has taken the middle sister's toy and ran with it. 
My oldest would jump up to defend the middle sister. She might snatch it back. If I then want to talk to her about how she doesn't need to jump in, she would yell at me something like, I didn't do anything, or she took the toy, not me. Then she might even run to the other room and hide under the couch pillows. If she's done something like not listening to an instruction her father or I gave her, say gone outside and not come in when called and then we want to talk to her about it, she might do the same thing. She might hide under the table or put pillows on her head. She might be screaming or crying loudly. I'm not sure what the real feeling is here. If it's something that has happened at dinner, she will say, don't look at me, and then get upset if one of her sisters looks at her or tries to talk to her. Again, I'm wondering if the feeling is embarrassment or not liking the attention. We try to wait it out with her. It makes it so hard to talk to her. I usually try to sit beside her and try to wait it out until she's ready, though sometimes it seems she's never ready. And sometimes I have to deal with the other kids. My husband and I usually say something like, we just want to talk to you. I'm not sure if that's helpful or not. Do we just wait until she's totally calm and then ask questions? How can we impress upon her that she isn't in trouble, but that she can't scream and run and hide every time we want to talk to her? Last year when she was in kindergarten, months after it started, she mentioned during our book time that a little girl was saying mean and hurtful things to her. We talked about bullies and even empathy and some methods for dealing with it or what to say in response. I was so glad she finally told me, but she had kept it in for so long. I think I think kids generally keep things in because they feel it's somehow their fault or perhaps she had shame about it. We did talk about it more after that, and she was honest in telling me that she was scared to respond with, you can't talk to me that way, or I don't like that, don't call me a name. At school, she has one best friend that she loves to play with. I'm so glad she found a great friend. She loves this girl, mildly mildly obsessed with talking about her. She is reluctant to talk to new girls in her class. She seems so scared, really fearful to talk to these girls and even her teacher. She is such a fun girl with awesome ideas to play. It breaks my heart that she's so worried someone wouldn't want to play with her. When her good friend played with someone else one recent recess, my daughter said she sat on a bench for that time. How much is too much to push? What kind of support can I give her to open up and talk to new friends without sounding like there's anything wrong with being her one good friend or that there is something wrong with who she is? I worry she might internalize it as such when I make suggestions to reach out to a new person. After school, I may ask who she played with, and even that feels like a loaded question at times. I'm okay with her being who she is. I don't need her to be extroverted or anything other than herself. I just know changes in the rules of friendship and encounters with other people will only increase as she gets older. I'm thinking some one-on-one playtime with other girls in her class would be helpful as well. Any suggestions? Thanks so much. I look forward to being part of one of your coaching groups one day. Your podcasts are seriously wonderful. I love how you're talking about raising smart girls. Glennon has been talking more about this. She's been a great, she'd be a great guest to only talk on this. Uh, Yeah, Kate. Yes, 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 yes. I would love to have Glennon on if anyone has a good connection with Glennon Doyle Melton. That would be fantastic. I would just be floored if I could get her on the show. Anyway, I have sent her an email. Um... Yes, 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 yes. So there's a couple things that show up in this request. Um, one is the um, the struggle with oldest daughter being willing to talk and have conversations about behavior. 
And then the second piece is around friendships. So I'm just going to talk briefly about friendships, specifically um, this piece. I know changes in the rules of friendship and encounters with other people will only increase as she gets older. Keeping in mind that she is also um, learning and developing and growing as she gets older as well. I have a almost 14-year-old daughter who was pretty um, conservative as a first grader definitely she had her few tight friends and that was it and she definitely was uncomfortable in new situations and didn't really wasn't much of a joiner was much more of an observer and now um, in eighth grade she is uh, really developing her confidence and her willingness to be uncomfortable so the first thing I want to say to this parent and to all of you is remembering, you know, when we project into the future, sometimes we forget that our child is going to be, that, you know, have that many more years of experience and relationship with you and skill development in that future projection as well. And I would just invite you to trust that all the experiences that she's going to have, even if there's only one or two close friends between now and then, are going to help her to develop the skills that she needs to navigate the ways that friendship and social settings um, evolve. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work, There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off 
your next month. That's code JOYFUL50 at factormeals.com slash JOYFUL50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. So I just want to put that out there as well. I hear you. I hear you being in deep love with your daughters, all three of them, and um, your explicit language and willingness to share detail also tells me that, you know, this is really important to you um, and you care. You care deeply about your daughter and about solving this problem. So I'm going to spend the majority of the time really talking about when our kids um, are seemingly unwilling to have these tough conversations because if you've been listening to me or following me or working with me for any length of time, you know you're probably seeing patterns about me. The first thing is, I I'll, my first question is, or my first statement is typically, you know, look for patterns. And what I'm hearing here is that there is a pattern. There's a pattern of avoidance. Um, and we can make guesses around why, the why there's avoidance around these tough conversations. Um, but really what they are, especially coming from me not having relationship with the parent that wrote in, it's really coming from a place of wonder and curiosity. So um, so that's where I want to start with that, right? Wonder and curiosity. So when we think about what happens for our kids when we want to talk about behavior, Um, I would really invite you all to just kind of take a moment to close your eyes and really remember and drop into your inner seven-year-old, your inner six-year-old or five-year-old. You know, drop into that mindset and imagine the parent or adult in your life coming to you. Could be very kind, but very intentional and saying, hey, we need to talk about your behavior. I mean... Even just, even, you know, sharing this out loud, I feel a little squirmy, a little uncomfortable. So um, this is, it's uncomfortable for kids to talk about behavior, especially if they haven't learned to um, appreciate that how we feel about their behavior is separate from how we feel about them. And I am not saying to this um, parent that, you know, she isn't doing what, you know, that that she isn't making it clear, right, that I love you no matter what and your behavior right now isn't working for me. We can say those words and send that message, but ultimately it's the child that internalizes it and interprets it. So what I'm feeling, what's kind of rising to the surface as I read this share is um, there is a little bit of... um, avoid well there's a lot of avoidance here it's very uncomfortable for this child to have these conversations um so good news it you know it happens it's happened enough for you to write in about this problem um and so there is definitely a pattern here so what i am going to suggest first and foremost is to get in a a few rounds of special time with this oldest daughter and to find a time when everybody's feeling really good and just say like, I notice it's really 
challenging for you to have tough conversations with me and daddy, right? And just pause there, like less, fewer words, fewer words, this few, this small amount of words as you can muster up, right? I noticed that this is hard for you. And I'm wondering about that. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And um, she may or may not be open. And, um, but recognizing too that your come from, if your come from is really deep, friendly curiosity, she's going to be ever more willing to speak into it. Uh, This is really important because our kids by the age of seven have already made some pretty strong assessments about themselves and about the world. And sometimes it is, um, you know, I'm bad. It can be, um, it's bad to get into mischief. Um, I'm supposed to be perfect, right? So there's all sorts of decisions that kids make. And so we need to recognize that and through our actions show them one mistakes are opportunities to learn right so sharing your own like just randomly candidly sharing your own mischief when you get into mischief and you're you know feeling uncomfortable and and sharing your own story around that with your daughters um not as like you know you know know, not not being really pointed and saying like oh i feel like that sometimes too but just like in the course of conversation, you know, oh man, today I made a big mistake and here's how it played out and here's how I made it right. And you know what? I felt uncomfortable about that mistake, but I knew that I wasn't going to feel uncomfortable forever. So I took care of it and I moved on or I took care of it and I learned from it. Looking for opportunities to speak into your experience is going to be helpful to your daughter. Um, And because it really sounds like She wants to avoid accountability. She wants to avoid responsibility. And we can make guesses as to the why, but we don't really know. Again, good news. This is happening again and again and again. So having that conversation with her can be really helpful. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some 
really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Another thing that you can do, and I've spoken about this on the podcast, I have a um, video that is on my website around teaching our kids around about the brain. And this could be something that you could do with all three girls is watch the video. Uh, listeners, you can find it at www.joyfulcourage.com slash teachbrain, all one word, teachbrain. So watch the video with her. There's a few parts where I ask a question and you can pause the video and have discussion around it with your daughters and then resume the video and then pause it again when I ask a question and have conversation. But I think it would be really helpful for her to learn a little bit about how her brain works and that we get into mischief and we make mistakes and it's not because we're bad. It's not because we are unworthy or not good enough. It's simply because our brain you know, it's just the way that our brain works sometimes. And so I think that helping her recognize when she's getting into mischief in her brain or when she's feeling uncomfortable, that it's really just she's slipped into a, a different part of her brain. Um, I think it's really powerful for us to help our children live through uncomfortable emotion and help them to see that there's an other side. I think it's also really helpful for us to continuously um point out to our kids in our relationship and experience that um, that we influence our life. The way that we respond to events and experiences influences our life, influences how we feel, influences how the people around us feel. So, um, so exciting that you have so much awareness around this. And I would really, really, really just encourage you to continue to um, have conversations with her and maybe also um, having conversation when there isn't a behavior to dissect, right? So during play, during um, drives, when everybody's feeling good and connected, having a conversation around like, this is what I'm noticing and I think it's really interesting and I would love to know what it feels like to you when you have to have uncomfortable conversations, right? And really tell me more about that tell me more about that what might happen how would that make you feel right and really pulling and teasing out her experience because you're going to be gaining information about her and that'll be helpful in the problem solving but also you're going to be building relationship just in that you are curious and you want to listen to her she matters to you there's all sorts of messages that um that are integrated when we sit down and are just really curious and open with our kids. Okay, so that is, uh, that's what I've got for today. That is what I've got for today. I would love to hear about your conversations. I would love to hear feedback if you've listened and you're thinking um, about your own child and their reluctance to, um, to have tough conversations. Get really curious and go inside and think deeply about what you might be doing that inadvertently has left this message um, that, you know, 
if if my behavior is bad that I am bad because typically our kids want to avoid because they feel like they're going to get in trouble they feel like they're going to be judged right and it makes sense I would want to avoid those kinds of situations as well so so always listeners always doing some soul searching around your own stuff right and noticing when fear is getting in your way and noticing when maybe the message that you're hoping will come across has somehow been misinterpreted by your child and do some damage control if you need to all right when we're in really solid relationship um, when we our home is a place where mistakes are opportunities to learn when we're looking for solutions and not blame this is the climate that our kids can step into and really learn and grow and thrive in all right so thank you thank you thank you for listening i am really excited about my um, guest for next week um we'll be back with my typical tuesday interview show i also wanted to make sure that you all are checking out the free 10-day offer that i have going at the beginning of december it's the joyful courage 10 returning with a holiday theme so my goal is not that you have to do a bunch of stuff but simply i want to give you a lifeline that holds you in what you intend to have alive for you during the holiday season. So I just kind of want to be on your shoulder those first 10 days of December so that you can be in the practice of noticing when the chaos of the season takes over what it is that you want to be living during the season. So check it out on my website, www.joyfulcourage.com slash jc10 www.joyfulcourage.com slash jc10 and you can register for the program all right i would love 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 to have you and if you aren't already a part of our tribe you can head on over to live and love with joyful courage the facebook group asked to join and i will um, slide you on into the group it's a place of support and love and positive vibes for all of us on this path of intentional positive parenting. So I will see you there. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.